Welcome to the Scale and Exit Show. I am your host, Judge Graham, and I am excited. You know, every week, I'm talking every week, I'm bringing fire, baby. And today is no different. I've got my new friend on, the DM, Mark Evans. Thanks for coming on, brother, the deal maker. <laughs> Thank you, Judge. Thank Appreciate you having me, man. No, it's, it's awesome, and the, the pleasure is all mine. So let me do a quick intro for those um, that are listening who does not familiar with Mark Evans. So uh, markevansdm.com is his website. Uh, DM stands for the deal maker. And who is the DM? Mark Evans DM is a nine times best-selling author. Think about that. Guy's written nine books, all best-selling. And the author of the new book, 10-Minute Business Owner, which we're gonna get into today. He's the creator of innovative, cutting-edge software. He's an expert in teaching business owners how to automate and scale their business, which is near and dear to my heart. And he coaches business owners around the world on how he runs two eight-figure businesses with his 10-minute business owner strategy. Mark, did I miss anything? No, man. Well, listen, besides being amazingly handsome, you know, very, 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 no, I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. no, I agree with that. And the hat, dude, I love the hat, right? It's a staple. So uh, I wish you were with me last night because I know you're a cigar guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, have you had the Year of the Pig yet? I have, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a great cigar. So uh, we'll have to, next time we get together, uh, have a good cigar. I'm down, man. Let me know. So, man, super successful guy. Um, Great, you know, background, great story. You want to just give everybody, you know, just, I don't know, three or four minutes. And, you know, I think the intro I just read actually does you a disservice. I mean, you've accomplished so much more and do so much more for people um, in business and, and own multiple businesses. So just give us three minutes on your story so the audience can get to know you. Yeah, no, man. First off, again, appreciate you having me out here. And, uh, you know, thank you to guys listening uh, and gals. You know, I started back in 1996, small town Ohio boy, hillbilly actually, closest neighbor, 20 acre kind of thing. Um, you know, just wanted to wake up. You know, my dream was to make 100 grand a year. I didn't know anybody made 100 grand a year. I was like, please, if I could just make 100, then you make 100. You're like, please, if I could just make a million. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> really. But, um, you know, I never read a book, barely graduated high school, never went to college. It just was not in my cards. Um, not knocking it, it is what it is. But like, I just realized that early on, you know, I was always kind of an entrepreneur, if you will, shoveling snow, lawn care, you know, anything to make a couple bucks and keep things rolling. But more importantly, I was always trying to figure out how to hire people to do it for me, so mm. that them and keep half and they go do the work and I can go expand. So I, and I was like at 12 years old. So I started down this path and like I said, 96, had seamless gutter companies, you know, gutters and all this stuff. And just kept meeting people that were in real estate, real estate, real estate. And I'm like, dude, this guy's smoking cigars, driving Porsches, paying me. How do I do this? <laughs> and everyone kept saying, real estate is it. I'm just doing real estate. So I went to an event, saw the guy do it, and I said, I can do that. Mm -hmm. And I did it. You know, I think a lot of times people, judges, you know, they talk about doing it. They just don't do it. All, um, all noise. Oh, it's all noise. It's easy to talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, then, then what happens, you know, I, I, I did really well. I was young. I was 18 years old. Um, I was cocky. I was arrogant. I thought I knew everything. I kept reading and learning and knowledgeing up, but really I didn't understand business. I understood making money way different. <laughs> and then oh. there's another guy in there about keeping money. <laughs> so almost caused me bankruptcy, honestly. So I had a lot of rentals. I was collecting rent, not taking care of the properties. And it, that turned me into 
like I got to start making more cash. So this is when I discovered cash flow is king, not just cash. Mm -hmm. well, if you have 30 grand a month coming in, you could build a life in that. If you have a million dollars that comes in, it goes away. You're, you're done. Yeah. Um, so it's like, how do you have both of the best, both of the best worlds? So creating these different things and learning and growing and, you know, self-reflecting saying, Hey, you don't know everything, hire people to help you. That's what I did. I just, I, I, I'm a proponent of hiring people, masterminds, you know, consultants, anything you can do to hack time to get to where I want to go. And now fast forward, I own multiple companies. I have many, many real estate transactions going on with a team in here in Palm Beach, Florida. And then I'm a pretty big media company with some amazing people. Um, and then a lot of offshoots of all those businesses as well. That's awesome. So Mark, I want it for the audience listening. You said one of my favorite things. Um, it's, it's about time compression. Yeah. Right. You know, I believe if you can figure out how to compress time, because if you think about this, Mark, I mean, you can't buy time. Mm -hmm. You can't create time. It really is probably the most in a business, the most valuable asset. How are you using that time in the concept of not having scarcity in saying, listen, I'm going to stay in my lane and I'm going to continue to build. I'm a builder. And I'm not going to figure out how to do the craft necessarily. I'm going to outsource. I'm going to grow my business through hiring key skill sets, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is a couple of things here. One, I think people think they're going to live forever until mm -hmm. they die, right? So you get really sick and you're like, oh, crap, this is not life. You know, my life is about over. Um, I don't know about you, and I'm sure you do this. I, I live with a sense of urgency. Oh my God. Yeah. Very casual. It drives my wife nuts. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. My wife, it drives my wife nuts because everything I do is urgent. Like it's yeah. not like, Oh my God, it's just, it's how my, I'm ticking. Yes. You know, I, I truly believe that I'm not going to live. I know I'm not going to live forever. It's the, it's the end for all of us eventually, but how much can I accomplish in the time I'm here? Not mm. just for me, but for everything. I'm past that for me, like around the world, you know, for my wife, my kids, my grandkids, great grand, like that wall, you know? So <clears throat> power of, comp you know, compressing time or bending time. Yeah. You know, hear entrepreneurs say, Hey man, I get more done. And by noon than most people do in a week, it's because we are working on things that are important, not things yeah. that are there to be there. We're prioritizing you doing urgency. And, and so Mark, what I love about urgency, right. And I know I mentioned, you know, I read a whole book on urgency pretty much, right. Scale with speed. But the, the idea of urgency I talk to, to business owners all the time. If you don't put a date on something, it's not real. Okay. So an idea is shit until you can take it to a plan to execution that has a date. Yeah. And then what I try to do is take whatever that date is and cut it in half and move it back this way yeah. to create that urgency, right? Because what I found is urgency, people want purpose. People want a date. They want to know all these things, they like being, if you tell somebody they like being urgent, who, who doesn't want to be urgent, right? It creates creativity, it creates teamwork, it forces you to go, oh my God, we have to get this done, and you come together and you accomplish something. The other thing that urgency does, Mark, and I know you know this, um, is it allows you to sell value. And here I'm gonna give you an example. So if, let's say anybody out here that owns uh, a web design company, and they're selling websites. And let's say a typical website costs 20 grand, 30 grand, whatever it costs, right? Mm -hmm. And that's market. And typically it takes two to three months to build a website. It's always a pain in the ass, right? There's a process, you got content and all this. Well, the guy listening to this that can go, you know what? I'm gonna compress that to 72 hours. 
I'm going to compress getting you your website from start to finish in 72 hours. Well, guess what? You can create premium because you've compressed time. You can sell it for more. And now you can also do more and make more money. So I, I love urgency. Anybody that doesn't want to be urgent is, is it, to me is already lost. Oh, I think they are lost. I think that's the problem if they have a lot of shiny objects. You know, people are always like, hey, you know, shiny, I don't have time to have shiny objects. I'm too busy. Yeah. You know, I'm, not look, I'm not looking for things. I'm actually yeah. doing things. Yeah. So totally. I think, you know, when I was broke, I was always had shiny objects. Yeah, exactly. you know, I was looking for everything. I was telling my wife, you know, we were passing, a, um, what is it, the, the Barnes and Noble. And I was like, man, I, I spent many, many hundreds, if not thousands of hours in there. If you remember those home-based business magazines, Yes. cutting out, sending off to get rich over $40, you know, right. searching, you know, yeah. trying to figure that out. Um, but yeah, it's awesome, man. So tell me about, so the audience knows, so I mean, anybody that's not following you again, uh, MarkEvansDM.com. But uh, man, I love it. I love your swagger. I love the hat. I, do, I always see you rolling around in the rolls. Tell, tell the companies that have context. You have multiple companies. Yep. How much real estate do you typically have in play? Oh, I mean, the team's doing anywhere from 30, 40, 50, 60 deals a month, you know, buying right. and selling. Single and that's, that's just wholesaling. That's just the real estate side. Yeah, we're just buying and holding. I mean, we hold a portion of it. You know, this site, there are cycles of all this stuff, but we're pretty big in the note business. I have a lot of private notes on property as well. I don't need yep. to own that thing. I just want to make money off of them all. <laughs> that's the key. Yeah. Um, so just really understanding what we're really good at. You know, we've changed our product a couple of times as we grow, because we grow and we change and we develop. Mm -hmm. Find out what we like and don't like. That's a, that's a progression, by the way. It's not failure. I don't see yeah. that as failure. Yeah. Know, a lot of people get hung up, oh, I'm failing. It's like, dude, I'm failing forward every day. Yeah. Um, so in the real estate side, yeah, we're growing that, man. I'm involved in a bunch of big apartment complex deals. Awesome. Um, yeah, kind of just a more of a passive. I like to be more passive, honestly, where I'm at in my life. Yeah, so talk to us about you, you've, you've got the new book, right? Mm -hmm. And it's all about the idea of 10 minutes, right? 10 minute business owner. Actually, it's kind of interesting. True story. When I wrote that book back a year ago, um, it came out in June. The, the book was a 10 minute business owner because I was, you know, I, I do 10 minute calls with my team every day, 10 a.m. to 10, 10, 10, 10 to 10, 20. And it's just more of a quick KPI call, key performance indicators, where are we at, what's going on. So as an owner, what was giving me anxiety you know, I'm sitting on the beach, drinking a beer, smoking a cigar. And I'm like, oh my God, everything's collapsing. So the mindset around it, you're on an island, you have a global, a global phone, you have 10 minutes. Who do you talk to? What do you, again, urgency, compression, you know, I, I again, creating constraints because I traveled the world for seven years with my wife. I created this massive constraint on purpose, you know, and it's very uncomfortable and scary by the way. So if you guys are going to do it, it's awesome. You should, everyone should travel. And then what happens is just, you have to get work done to go play. Yes. So you're not like, oh, I'm just hanging out, sending an email. You just send an email, send an email, go, 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 whatever. So I actually got kicked off all the calls. I'm not on the calls anymore at all. I only do one and a half hour a week calls now. It's called an L10, you know, through traction, if you guys read that book. But it's yeah. just one and a half hours. I'm listening, and I'm not even guiding it. My COOs or my implementers are, where are we at? What's going on? What do we need help with? And then I'll just chime in and kind of like a consultant, if you will, yeah. to my company. Yeah, it's awesome, man. I think we're like kindred spirits. So um, any company I've ever ran, it's similar thing. I call it my 911 meetings. Mm. So every day at 9-11, right, I'd have the executive team standing around a table or calling in wherever they were, and it was 10, it was 10 minutes. 
where are we, what's going on, what's the priority, where are we pacing against the goal, what can we solve right now? Yep. Then they would disseminate, they would go meet with their teams yep. and have the same 10 minute meeting, you know, and then keeps you know, going down depending on how big the organization is. So by call it, you know, 945, yep. the entire freaking company, 300, 400, 500 people, whatever size at that time, is completely aligned and in rhythm to the six to eight priorities, which I call money sheet, that are gonna generate revenue that day. So I mean, one, I'm gonna buy the book right after, I should have had it before this, sorry. I'm gonna get the book. But uh, man, it's, I, I love that philosophy. It feels like we're kindred spirits. No, it's awesome, man. Again, I, I, you know, I wrote the book kind of just through the journey of growth, right? I, I don't, I'm not smart enough to know what we're talking about unless I do it. Actually, have feedback, live feedback. So, um, yeah, man, that's awesome. I love it. So, so talk about um, you posted something yesterday or maybe even today on Facebook, okay. um, saying, "Look, you know, my ads are killing it on Facebook." Now, I know you're not doing the ads, right? Because you're outsourcing that. Um, but talk, you know, a lot of people are like man, I, you know, I can't make any money on Facebook. Facebook ads are too expensive. They don't work. What, what strategy are you doing on Facebook right now? Well, I mean, it's lead gen for me. So yeah. I, I think the reason a lot of times Facebook ad doesn't work for people, there's a bunch of reasons. One, they don't know what they're doing. Two, they're trying to do it themselves. Three, they don't have a good product. <laughs> there's a bunch of reasons it right. doesn't work. There's a lot of ways to hack Facebook by drive, you know, take your customer list, tag them in there build audiences around them and really just yeah. get better quality content. One thing about all advertising, not just Facebook is you have to get smarter. You have to get more knowledgeable about talking to the people that want to hear your message. And it's never been easier actually to find these people in these groups and these, you know, relationship conversations that you can start having. So for me, all this marketing is really just to drive leads and let us make a call, have a conversation and close deals. Yeah, and you, you mentioned something that's so important, right? I think the art of the phone is starting to become lost. Like, oh. so, so, so DM, when I, when I go into a company, so I have another saying, you're going to love this one. W-I-M-M, where is my money, okay? W-I-M-M, and I put that on everybody's phones that are in sales because people forget that that device, whatever that device looks like, is, is what's gonna make you money, right? Because people aren't just gonna shell out a thousand bucks plus, you know, even a, you know, 200 bucks. Like people can just watch a video and do a product, they need that interaction. And so I love what you said, it was, it was lead gen to get qualified prospect and then it's phone time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of ways to hack that too, right? Like my goal as a leader is to drive them into a funnel or into a framework or web, whatever you wanna call it, and build trust, rapport, relationship prior to communication. Yeah. So it's almost to get on the phone like, oh my gosh, Judge, I can't believe I'm talking to you. That's, right, right. that's what we work hard for. Yes. That, we actually, all the gates are down. Now our job is to serve, listen, you know, diagnose, see where they're at, where they want to go, and see if we're a good fit. You know, I'm not there to sell them. I'm there to help them. So two things you just said um, that, that I believe are core attributes to anybody that's successful. Obviously, you're extremely successful. You said, listen. And you said, serve. So many people don't listen. I talk all the time about if you're seeking counsel, especially if it's, it's a, a skill that you don't understand, or you're listening to a mentor, shut up and listen. Absorb it. There's a reason they're sitting there and you're sitting here, whatever that reason is, you need to listen. And also in sales, you got to listen. 
The customer will tell you what they want, when they want it, and how they want it if you just shut up, right? So well, listening is key. And then the other thing you said is serve, right? I think if, if uh, you know, you don't have a purpose or a passion of wanting to genuinely, one, believe in whatever your service or product is, and two, have, you know, swimming in the Kool-Aid that it actually will help serve them, then you're probably going to lose. So you got to listen and you got to serve. I love that, that you brought that, brought that out. Yeah, no, man. I, I think it's, it's something, I, again, I learned back in the day. It's like, you know, I see so many people marketing, trying to sell. What if you market to give value and then extract and then sell? Yeah. It's actually order taking. It's a way different game. So it's always funny. I always mess with my sales team. Like, oh, you know, you guys aren't real salespeople. You're order takers. But I like that, you yeah. know. So I mess with them a little bit. But it's, it's all in good fun. But like, the, like you said, the best way is, is like in our real estate company is way different than our media company. In real estate, you know, it's one off. You know, you're going to buy a property and probably buy one or two, maybe max. But in the media, you know, it's B2B. It's always, they're buying constantly. The more traffic they buy, they're going to buy more next month, et cetera. So it's really servicing the client as well. Talk to me about your media company. What, what media are you selling? Yeah, email. Email marketing media. So okay. like big financial companies are going to come to me and say, hey, you know, here's what I have. Here's what I'm going to get in front of. I'm going to pay this much money. What's my best platform to do that? And we're going to drive a lot of eyeballs to their offers and to their pages and wherever they're driving eyeballs to. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's really, that's, that's really cool. And it, it's primarily a B2B product? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, B2C. So we have the consumers. And what we're going to do is we're, we're constantly feeding content. Uh -huh. And then what we're going to do is we're going to say, hey, by the way, check out my boy Judge. You know, here's what he's up to, X, Y, and Z. And then they're going to um, allow you to, like, just click on the links and, and go from there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that. So what's, what's some advice, you know, um, you mentioned earlier, um, fail forward. Which, which, which I love, and, and this is concept, um, you know, the greatest, Oprah, Jordan, whoever, they openly admit, listen, I failed more than I've won. And, and the reality is, I believe success is impossible without failure. And until you're willing to accept, you've got to fail. And I love this, you know, fail forward idea. Until you can break that mindset of that it's not okay to fail you're never going to win well i think the real question comes down to what the hell is failure yeah oh, great yeah like i you know what does it look like because to me you and i i bet you failure looks very similar yeah the person they they misspell a word that they're failures right <laughs> oh my god i should i knew i should have proofread that for the 18th time before right. i pushed in you know, to me, it's like, shit, just get it out. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see that as progress, right? Yeah. So not only that, oftentimes, my real failures, whatever that is, me about to go bankrupt, I never did. I almost went bankrupt twice. I never did. Not saying it's good or bad. I just didn't do it. Um, maybe I should have, right? So who knows? I, I, I almost did it where I think setbacks are opportunities for setups. Yeah. So much about myself. I had to dig deeper. I had to open my eyes up. I don't know everything, right? I had to ask for help, which is, I, I think a lot of people don't ask for help. I think yeah, no, you, you, bring, you bring that up. So one I did, so I, I am in the club of going personally bankrupt, right? My first business in sure. that, that failure DM is in, in that place that I was at never again. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it but, but that sure. failure yeah. was needed, right? <laughs> Absolutely. It was a part of it. And the other thing I think entrepreneurs fail, you know, often on is really committing, right? And I talk about, dude, you got to freaking burn the ship, baby. You're on the island 
I want you to turn around, gas that boat up, take the cigar, flick it, burn the ship. Because until you get that committed, the only way you're getting off is you got to swim and the shark's probably going to kill you. You're not going to win because you're, you're not committed. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, I, I've never had a real job in my entire life. Truth. If I don't kill it, I don't eat. You yeah. Know? Some people are like, oh, my God, that's scary. I actually think it's the opposite. More I mean, scary having a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where literally someone could pull the plug and you're done and then you have no skills except that job and where do you go? How do you do it? What connections have you made for the last 12 years that you haven't been able to get out and network and meet people? Right. Dude, I, I can make money on demand. You could, I can't, it's just what we can do. Right. Because we have the skill set. So to me, the failures are people not failing. Yeah. Whatever they think failure is to them because if you don't, we would not be here without failures. And again, no. I don't even look at it as on failures. I'm like, shit, I learned a lot from that. Don't do that again. That yeah. doesn't feel good. So, so DM, did you play um, uh, sports in high school? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What'd you play? Football. Okay. Did you play college or not? No, I never went to college. Yeah. But, but, but would you say, at least for me, the experience that I learned through sports, failing, what it takes to win, teamwork, all of that, to me is as valuable or more valuable than even school. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, and, and you know what's crazy about school, and I think we're seeing this movement of, you know, online continuing education, whether it's Grant or you or me or Ty Lopez or whoever, it's the shit you really need to know in the real world isn't being taught at university. No. Right? I mean, like, you know, how to pitch, how to handle objections, right? How to deal with failure, you know, all the things. How about you know, checkbook? <laughs> yeah, how to, how to have cash flow, right? Yeah. This is my second book, uh, Mastering Recurring Revenue, right? I like it. I like it. You know, what, what's important about having that cash flow, that recurring revenue, that kind of shit isn't taught in school, you know? So you're yeah. seeing this movement of successful entrepreneurs saying, listen, this is the new form of education. You want to come play in this marketplace that's 24-7 and global, it's going to freaking eat you up if you don't understand these things. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I, listen, I think school is an old model. We know that. It's not a secret. Um, if you think it's a secret, you're probably in the model that we right. <laughs> You know, we, school's great for doctors and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 totally. I do. But there, you know, I meet people and they're like, oh, I'm in college. I'm like, what for? They're like, entrepreneurship. And I'm like, that's not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> that's not how entrepreneurship works. But, you know, there's a lot of lessons to learn inside of that. I think probably the biggest lesson you'll get if you do go to college are going to be the parties, the, the, you know, the failures, the good yeah. stuff. stuff. No, I, I think college is a, is a great experience. I went to college. It was amazing. It was a great I liked it so much I stayed five years. Right? So it, but, but, you know, you build friendships. You build network. You you do learn things, right? I mean, so, you know, I see value in it, but I mean, if you're willing to spend that amount of time of your life, you know, for that, then I think you should do it. But if you're more interested in just getting after it, I would say skip it. Yeah, man, listen, everyone's got their own path, right? I think it's, uh, yeah. I, I definitely think I had an advantage not going to college. I had four extra years ahead of them. Yeah, you know? totally. Nine yeah. time, came by time, you know, so the failure thing is big. Also, Judge, I think another thing is I always talk to people, I always ask people one question and they, very few people can ever answer it, if any. It's like, what in the hell do you really want? Mm. People really know, because they hear you, they hear me, they hear other people. They're like, I want that, I want that, I want that. It's like, do you really? Because if you do, you do the things we're talking about and you, you know, it's a different game. So 
a lot of times people just don't know what the hell they want. Therefore they're confused, overwhelmed, frustrated, procrastinate. You create procrastination effect. Like it's, yeah. it's a big problem. So these are some big, that's a big, big, big thing. And, and that, that goes back to your point about focus. Yeah. You know? Well, so many people, um, and it's part of, you know, so the, um, DMs, my book scale was speed, speed's a formula, right? And the S is start with your end game. What the fuck do you want? Yeah. Why do you want it? And when do you want it? Yep. Right. And once you put that down, you know, people have these ideas, right? Um, oh, well, I want to own an island one day. I want a, a hundred million dollar yacht. But when you really start to put that on paper and then say, okay, in order to do that, there's only a few paths, right? And a bunch of effort to get there and a lot of risk. All of a sudden expectations may change, right? I mean, something's got to change, but I think you're right. I mean, I, I use the analogy of if people, they just get on this hamster wheel, right? And I think directionally, they think they know what they want, but they've never taken the time to go, this is what I want. And then again, what's really important, the date, when do I want it, right? Because saying, saying that you want to travel the world with your family, it someday will never come. Yeah. <laughs> when, when do you want that, you know? So I think that's key, man. I mean, so many people just, I talk, it's like a, they're in a boat and they just drift through life. And then like you said, you're out of time and you're like, what happened? Yeah, man, that's my biggest, it's my biggest fear, man. Dying with all this stuff inside of me. It's my yeah. fear in life. It drives me. It gets me up at four in the morning every morning. It get, you know, I go to bed early when most people are hanging out and playing around. Yesterday I was playing around a little bit, but you can do it once in a while. We deserve yeah. it once in a while. But like, you know, to me, it's like, <clears throat> for, you know, and the truth is, I think if you have a child, I think you have an advantage too. And a lot yeah. of people have a child as an excuse. Like, I'm be, you know, I don't, I don't want to ruin their life. I don't want to do this. I, it's like, dude, you have a child. It's your, obli your, ob your it's not your duty. It's your obligation. Amen. What is a possible in this world that we live in? Yeah. They don't, by the way, they don't build these yachts and these cars, these massive things. Just they build them for somebody. Why not me? Yeah. Amen. But again, you know, you, your point to, to your point as well. It's like just because you want it, when do you want it? Maybe it's not as urgent today. I don't want the hundred. I don't need the hundred million dollar yacht today. But if you know, if I bite this off, you know, taking the bite of elephants one at a time, right? Eat the elephant one at a time, one bite. How do we? Maybe a 20 years from now, like, you know, yeah. yeah, I don't want it today. I don't need it. I don't even travel that much as like I used to. Maybe in 10 or 12 years, I do. Yeah. I'm working on the jet, the jet plan, the timeline. When do I want it? How, yeah. many, how much does it cost? What's it look like? You yeah. know, really start thinking about it. So do you want a jet? Yeah, I'm going to own a jet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. I love that. I've got it. I'm sure you do, but I've got it. I got a couple guys that, that, that sell them. So we could talk offline if, if you oh, need to look up there. No, uh, I appreciate it. So you have uh, kids? Uh, one boy and one on the way here in a couple months. Congrats, man. I, I missed the first. How old your your uh, current kid? He's three and a half. He's three and a half. Yeah, yeah. Great, great ages. But so you got a, you got an active household. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, man. Super blessed to be able to hang out with him whenever I want, do cool things. You know, again, like I said, if you have a child and knowing our world exists, you know, I was driving driving up in the office, had an event up there a couple of days ago. And I'm driving, I'm like, dude, these are people's lives. Like they're missing yeah. their kids. I was missing my son, that was my one day out of the year. Yeah. And it's like, how cool is it to wake up to kiss them and sit there and let them eat Rice Krispies and watch cartoons and talk to them. And uh, you know, some people don't get to experience that except on the weekends, unfortunately. Yeah. So Dan, talk about, you said, um, and, and I bet our schedules are, are pretty similar because most successful entrepreneurs, you know, keep, keep similar behaviors, right, and schedules. So you said you get up at four? 
4.44 every morning almost. Practice. 4.44. So just walk everybody through what a typical day looks like for you. Yeah, man. I get up 4.44, get up, do my thing, kind of mindset, stretching. I'm doing stretching for like 20, 30 minutes. Uh, awesome. don't look at the, don't, do not look at your phone for the first 30 minutes. Ideally, you don't ever do that. It can screw your day up. I, I did it once in a while, and I'm like, start feeling more anxious for no reason. Yeah, totally. Um, so just kind of stretching, relaxing, thinking, you know, meditating, whatever you want to call it. And then um, I'm usually at the gym by six at the latest. Um, yeah. I'm a trainer. I work out at six usually. This, by the way, this is seven days a week. I don't do this five days a week. I'm, I'm very, like, you know, on that schedule. And then, boom, get back, clean up, uh, get some emails out, do the higher priority pieces. Like I said, I'm not on the daily calls anymore, so I might check some data. Uh, you know, obviously data, not drama. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> I don't, you know, by 10 o'clock in the morning, man, honestly, most of, I'm already smoking a cigar maybe. Um, I don't smoke cigars every day, by the way, if my insurance company is watching this. <laughs> Everyone thinks I do because I'm always in a video smoking a cigar, but I'm like, um, so, you know, just hang out. I don't, I don't go a lot of places, man. Honestly, I hang I have a pretty cool area where we live. Yeah. Go to the cafe or the club and have lunch, meet somebody. Um, have a lot of phone calls. I like to be on the phone. I, like, yeah. like you said earlier, this is our sword. As an entrepreneur, yeah. a business owner, phones are a sword. Like, you know, to, so getting on the calls, having conversations, talking to high-level team members. I have a small mastermind group, so I talk to a lot of those guys daily because um, I want to. And, you know, there's some cool stuff we're doing. Um, talk to my joint venture guys. I have some JV stuff with on deal making on the side of things. Um, by 2, 3 o'clock, man, I'm kind of – you know, idling down. I know some people like to work 18 hours a day or 12 hours a day. I'm kind of more, how much can I accomplish? And again, the constraint factor of eight yeah. to 10. Press time. Yeah. And I, and I do not mind working. I actually, my problem is I love working. So, I do. Yeah. So, so my wife and I, yeah, it, it's tough to be like, I mean, I love, like, I don't have any hobbies. Yeah. You know, I want to have some hobbies, but I love that. I freaking love business. I mean, I love it. You know, it's just, our it's, hobby is our business, though, right? I would almost yeah. say our hobby. I'm the same way, man. I don't really. I'm not a big sports fan. I don't do all this stuff. My hobby is tinkering on the business. I got my buddy here from Wisconsin. We're tinkering on the strategy. We're going to drive this revenue. We're going to do that. Like, it's right. fun. It's like, it is oh, dude, it's, I love it. Yeah, it's freaking. <laughs> it's amazing, man. Uh, so one thing you said here on the audience, and I love. I may, I may steal it from you or borrow it from you. Data, not drama. Yeah. You know how often. You know, it, it, when you look in businesses, uh, especially the bigger you get, I would say if it's not structured and aligned and in rhythm, they're spending 50, 60, 70% of their day on drama bullshit. All day. Yep. All day, every day, right? They lose sight of the priorities. They create these fiefdoms. They have political, you know, toxicity is all happening. And it's all drama-based. It's not data-based. So I love that. It's like, hey, listen, what are the facts? What's the data saying? Let's make a decision. Let's be urgent. Let's move on and let's remove drama, right? Yeah. You remove drama, you compress time. When you compress time, you make more money. When you yeah. make more money, you have more time. Exactly. And, and drama to you and I is different, right? Like, and not what's cool about this too is if this is a core value in your company, it keeps the company very dialed in. They come to you, judge, well, you know, this is going on data, not drama. Like you can be direct. Now, oh, you're not dude, I love it. now you're not the dick, right? Now you're not being short with them. You're not listening to them. You're not hearing them. It's like, dude, I don't come to you with my drama. I come to you with data. And if they say, Hey, I need to make more money. Great. What's your data? Where are you at? Where are you going? How do we get there? What do you like? It's not like, well, you don't understand. I need more money here. I need, no, that's not how it works. Give me the data. Let's look at the data points. Maybe you need to get better at closing. Maybe you need a bit like, yeah, actual. It's not, 
it's all factual. It's not emotional, which is yeah. a game changer for, like you said, compression of time. Well, you just said I love is, uh, and again, back to us being kindred spirits. I operate, I think every company to be successful, you have to have four core values, okay? So in, in the speed formula, the last E is energize your culture. And part of that is core values. Core values can't be just some bullshit four words you put on a wall. They have to be behaviors, mindsets, and the, giving your people the ability to be empowered. Yep. Right? Like you just said, hey, dude, one of our core values is no drama. Like, why are you bringing me this? Where's the data, right? In, in empowering, what does having no drama mean for the client? What does it mean for our team internally? What's it mean for the company? What's it mean for that individual? I mean, having those core values that are really actions and behaviors and empowering your team to do that is, is, is huge. It is huge. And we, we take for granted that we think everyone functions at that level. But as we know, most people are drama filled because it makes oh, yeah. that, you know, the truth is today, uh, yesterday, we actually got rid of a person. She's been with us four years that she's changed. She's starting to become a victim, victimitis. Yeah. And on, even though she's doing better than she ever has financially, every month is growing, but just her mindset is really warped. And as a business owner, right, we're thinking, do I let them go or how does this work? Cause they're making the company a lot of money. Yeah. Yet, again, culturally you let that creep in, it will ruin it. It's going to take down the company. Yeah. So feel one of the implementers sit down with her and said, Hey, X, Y, and Z, I need to know by five you're on board or off board. We're cool either way, but there's a decision to be made. Yeah. And then, and then again, well, you gave me an ultimatum. So therefore again, yeah. victim, victim, victim. As yeah. the, and, and again, <laughs> he was nice about, you know, the departure and it was awesome. But like, I care about my people so much. I know you do. Yeah. Like, I literally lay in bed thinking about how can I help them more? Not not just financially, but mentally, emotionally, structurally. I'll give them anything I have. They have access. They come stay at my house. I don't care. I don't care who you are. All my team, we're in it. You're me. You're a piece of me. Like, let's take this to the next level. You know, so yeah. it's powerful, man. No, it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's key, uh, the culture. And, and, you know, you've created it. And um, companies... I mean, I can walk into any company and, and what entrepreneurs have that what I call money guys don't have are the intangibles. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, I can walk in. I don't care what company it is. And I'm within seconds. Is it profitable? Is it making money? What's the culture? Like, I just get it, dude, right? And culture is all about, man, when you have that culture and you have urgency, you create that momentum, it becomes magical, man. I mean, because you quit talking about bullshit and you're talking about progress. Where's my money? How are we moving? What are we being innovated? I mean, the conversations are so different. It, it's just, uh, so from anybody out there that's struggling and it's just frustrated and you're having the same conversation over and over again, change the people, or change the culture or change both, but I promise it's better right when it's good. Yeah, well, it, you know, it functions effortlessly. It's, yeah. almost, it's almost magical. Like, how the hell are you able to do so much so easy? It's like, I feel, number one, I feel like I never do enough, ever. Yeah. I feel like I'm just getting started every day. Yeah. Like, you're so successful, I'm like, dude, I'm just getting started. Like, I, I don't know any other way. You know, I don't even see it as success. I see it as just another moment in time. And again, success, what does success look like? It's all, rel all this stuff's relative. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, man, I, I love it. I love it. I do the same thing. I'm not even driving. There's a car wash guy down the street from us where I live. I like clean cars. It's a pet peeve of mine. And I was there and he's such a nice guy. He's always there and it drives me nuts. I'm like, dude, you don't own a business. He's had it for 26 years. And instantly I walk in, 
where they place the person to cash you out, how the shelves look. And I'm like, dude, like, I was like, Hey man, I need to talk to you. I was like, I know things aren't looking good over here. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, dude, it's very crystal clear to me. I get it. And I'm not saying it to be a dick either. Yeah. I'll come in and help you for free. Just how can I help you? How do we, you got to move this lady here. Here's why she needs to say this. How she like all that stuff matters as an owner. Huge. Well, yeah. Environment matters. How the people answer the phone matters. You know, I, uh, what I find is, uh, Typically entrepreneurs, they start a company and the reason it's great is because of that entrepreneur. Then they start seeing success and they scale and then they hire and they're not properly training or building the right culture and all of a sudden they're winning business and they've got a nutrition issue. They've got a customer service issue, right? Because the expectation isn't there, baby, right? Like your people are screwing things up and you're not, you're not tending the, the mill, right? I mean, you're not. You're not there teaching them, coaching them, training them, implementing the right culture. So, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it keeps you guys like you and I busy, though. I like it. <laughs> well, man, listen, I, again, I think, too, like as an entrepreneur, if you're in the company so deep, it's really hard to step back and have yeah. a conversation around. Another thing, too, is being real with yourself. You know, I, I, there's two things on this. So, one, like I'm, I'm sure you're good at this, like intra spec, like yeah. I call bullshit on my own bullshit. Yes. I don't want yes people around me. I want to grow. I don't see it as a bad thing. If I hit you up and say, hey, judge, shit you're doing over there. I don't like it. Here's what, here's what I'm thinking. Not that I don't like it. I just, I don't think yeah. it matches your brand or what you're trying to do with totally. this based off of our car. You know, so it's coming from a place of, you know, goodwill, not to hurt you or break you down. But more importantly, I'm not just going to come with that drama. I'm going to come with data to back it up and show you. Yeah, you solution. yeah totally. Driven. And then also, you know, a lot of times as an entrepreneur in the beginning, you're like, you're trying to do everything yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, again, temporarily, but what gets you to where you're at is not going to get you where you want to go. So Dan uh, Solomon, a guy, the, the good guy, he actually always talks about like, go find the who to do the how. Mm. Like, sometimes we have to know how to do everything. I don't know how to create P&Ls, but I know who does. Yeah. I don't know how to create technology, but I know who does. I don't need to know. Yeah. How to so like, the who and how. I love that. if not, you have a full-time job, working for a maniac yourself and you're never going to be as successful as you can. So I always look at people, honestly, everyone I meet, I see them as an opportunity. Yeah. How can I hire them? What's their skill set? What do they do? You know, when people tell me it's hard to get a job, I'm like, you're just not providing value to the world then. It's It's not hard to get a job. Yeah. No, you know, know, my problem is finding good people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. No, it really is. People. So, so DM, for the people out here, entrepreneur, managing teams, just listening, you know, what would that one piece of advice be for them on, you know, how do they get unstuck? Yeah. Tap out. <laughs> yeah. You know, let go. Let go. You got to tap out. You got to say, hey, man, listen, I know I don't know everything. Hire someone like you. Get involved. You know, let them understand like, hey, this is what it looks like. This is how it can be. Like, I, another thing is like just meeting someone or listening to shows like this, stepping back and saying, I see myself being them. I know that's real mm-hmm. because I trust and believe them. So you got to just tap out and admit you don't know everything. If you yeah. did, why the hell are you where you're at? Yeah. 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 Real right. simple. Like, dude, I don't know shit. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know anything. Right. So that's, that's the first step of any recovery. You got to admit. You don't yeah, know no, it is. And, then, and there's always another level too, right? No matter where you're at, there's always another level, right? So I think the, the lesson there is you're constantly tapping out, right? I mean, it, it, you know, and, and, and getting better, right? It's kind of like a phoenix, right? 
always coming out of the flames and, and, and rising up. Well, Dia, man, this has been awesome. Uh, so glad to finally connect with you. We got to get in person. Um, yeah. I think it'd be fun, man. Maybe do a mastermind or something together. That could be fire. Um, yeah. Would love that. What, uh, so people, so we've got markevansdm.com. Uh, what are your yeah. social handles? Yeah, same thing. Mark Evans DM across the board. Uh, Instagram definitely is big for us. Um, okay. and Facebook as well, but Instagram, I do a lot of daily stories over there. So a lot of opportunity. Over there. Okay. So, so the leads you're generating online or for what, or is there anybody? So right now, you know, somebody wants to work with you. What capacity is that? Yeah, no, I mean, for the real estate side specifically, you know, if you're, if you have some money sitting on the sidelines and you're in the Columbus, Ohio or Cleveland, Ohio marketplace, and you're looking to buy good deals, those are great leads for us. You know, you could ping me, I'll hook you up with the right person on the team that's leading that pack. Um, I'd love to talk to you and see where you're at, how much money you have, where you're at, and try to create cash flow. Again, your book is awesome. Yeah. When's that come out? That's coming out soon, no? It's a, yeah, it's a master recurring revenue. I've got like a thousand copies here at the house. I'll send you one. Did I send you this? No. I didn't okay, I'll, I'll send you this. Um, DM me your, uh, uh, your address, okay. and I'll get you that. I'm going to buy your book. But it comes out this month on Amazon. You cool. can pre-order it right now. But so I pre-ordered actually one of them. Yeah, I think you pre-ordered Scale with Speed. Yeah, did I? Okay, well, I, yeah. I've ordered, I think I ordered all your books, but okay. take me off the chopped liver list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will, man, but and I'm going to get your, your tidbit of book. I, I can't wait to read that one. Yeah, um, send me your address, too. I got one in the back there. I'll send it out to you. Okay, well, dude, no, you bought my book. I'm going to buy it. Is it on Amazon? Sure, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get it. Um, so, so social, if you got any deals in the Columbus, Cleveland area, reach out to you. Yeah, if you're looking area. to buy or sell. I mean, buy or sell anything, apartment complexes, single family, strip malls, et cetera, ping me like cool. I said, with the right division and the person running that piece and uh, make the interaction happen and we'll close some deals. What about any masterminds? Are those all closed or are you doing any bigger ones or? Yeah, I really, honestly, I have the DM family right now. We're really not accepting anybody. It's kind of smaller, yeah. very intimate. 27 people, I think, is in that group, 28. Okay, cool. Uh, I just, my, again, I, to me, it's not a good model because I work harder than anything in that business. Yeah, yeah. This is the least amount of money per, but fulfilling internally, it's amazing. Really, yeah, that. totally. Um, but you know, I have the thing where we're doing the marketing piece for investors, showing them how to scale marketing at a mass level. I think again, the data to drive rev. Yeah. So, who would be an ideal? Anybody listening to that? Who's an ideal client for that? Again, if you're in the real estate investing space, looking to scale your business, you're getting beat up. You don't have enough lead. If, if, if you have, if you don't have enough leads, you need to be there. Like we're going through breakdown, very affordable. I think it's like three thousand dollars a ticket. Um, very intimate, twenty people or so in the room. Well, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, we'd love to help you guys. We love it. My COO actually runs that whole show. He okay, cool. Day to day. Awesome. Well, DM man, um, I appreciate it. I will get the book. Um, for those that aren't following me, I'm assuming you're following because you're watching this. I'm pretty much everything at Judge Graham. Uh, Facebook is at Judge Graham Business. DM, it was amazing. And as always, make it happen, brother. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, guys. Oh.